Welcome to the Hanu Health Podcast, where our mission is to help you to breathe better and stress less. On this show, we discuss a variety of topics and provide practical suggestions for improving health and well-being. However, none of the education, tips, and tricks provided should be taken as medical advice. Your medical doctor is your best bet if you have medical questions. Also, on this podcast, we interview numerous guests from diverse backgrounds, interests, and may carry some unique ideas. Hanu Health as a company does not endorse all statements provided by guests or condone all suggestions or protocols discussed. We just like hearing about cool people doing rad and new things. So sit back, relax, breathe, and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, Hanu tribe? Welcome back. This is a fun podcast we have for you because a couple things. I dug deep into the archives for this one. This is actually not a newly recorded podcast. It's one that kind of slipped between the cracks of older recorded podcasts. This is actually even for my older podcast, Mind Hackers Radio. But this one's really special to me because it's with a guy named Robert Slovak who owns a company called Water and Wellness. He is like the preeminent expert in all things water and wellness. Hence, that's why he named his company that. But anyway, we get into a deep, deep dive on all things water, hydrogen, deuterium, kinton, mineralization, filtration, like we talk about it all on this podcast. And so I wanted to present it to you because it is just chock full of wisdom and great things. So sit back. It's going to sound maybe a little bit different. I had a different mic. Uh, didn't speak in as much of a baritone voice. Not totally kidding. I think I sound the exact same, but it is, uh, it's just a little bit of an older podcast and I listened to it again just now and everything still holds true. So I thought, oh man, this would be a great release because we haven't covered water in this podcast yet. And it's so, so incredibly important, so incredibly important when it comes to stress resiliency. So sit back, relax, and enjoy that one. But before we do that, I have a beautiful special announcement that I want to bring to you all. And that is this little thing that I have on my arm right now called a Hanu. It is a wearable device that we created that detects stress resiliency through continuous stress monitoring. And then it provides you with valuable feedback, not just on data and information. That's all great. We need those things, but we give you something to do about it through breath work, through meditation, through resonance biofeedback, through CO2 tolerance training. All of those things are included within the context of our wearable and software application. And if you guys get in right now and gals to cover the bases, if you guys and gals get in right now, you can get the best deal that we're ever going to give on this device. We will never give you a better deal than this. It is 40% off of retail. This thing normally costs $299. You're going to get it for the low, low price of $180. But if you get in early, like now, before it goes away, it's only $29 to reserve your spot. And that is fully refundable, fully refundable. Again, we are going to provide you with the most advanced HRV monitoring, the most advanced stress resiliency training module you will ever see in a device, if I do say so myself. So head on over to HanuHealth.com. That's HanuHealth.com. You can even go to HanuHealth.com slash pre-order and click that button if you know, like I'm, I'm ready to order. So let's just get on in. HanuHealth.com slash pre-order and you can get it now for 29 dollars. Yes, $29 down and then only 151 bucks when we ship this thing out in late 
summer. So you guys have the best wearable possible that is constantly coaching you on how to become more resilient and more adaptive to stress. Now, without further ado, transitioning from that amazing uh, plug, shameless plug, if I do say so myself, of Hanu, we're going to listen to Robert Slovak. So in uh, preparation for today's podcast recording, I actually took a hydrogen bath. I drank hydrogen-infused water, and I mineralized my water with sea plankton blooms. And I will have to say that I'm feeling pretty friggin' awesome right now. And I did all of this because, well, most of it, not, not, not necessarily the hydrogen bath, but the water mineralization and the hydrogen water are things that I do each and every day. And yes, I also should mention that it is because I'm interviewing a guy who I considered to be one of the, if not the leading experts in all things water. I'm talking and referring to Robert Slovak, who is one of the early adopters and developers, I won't even say adopters, I'll say developers of a technology that you might be quite familiar with, which is reverse osmosis technology. He's also a huge advocate for water water mineralization, especially from his own usage of minerals to treat his previous ailment that he experienced that we might get into today. He's also the creator of what I consider hands down my favorite hydrogen tablet, which is the Active H2 Ultra, which I'm sure we'll talk about as well today. He's also devoted a lot of his time into water education and has really put a lot of time into researching and collaborating and expanding the horizon for more affordable deuterium depleted water. And if you have no idea what that is, don't worry, we'll get into it. Lastly, Robert is the founder and the owner of a company that I use all the time and love them. It's called Water and Wellness. It's where I get all my water gear from that we'll discuss today. So you can check them out at waterandwellness.com and all of today's show notes will be found at my website, drjwiles.com slash water so robert so great to have you on the show man (laughs) thank you jay it is uh it's one of those things that i have wanted to do for a long time have you on the show and the reason being is because my good buddy my old pal ben greenfield had you on his podcast both recently and about a year ago and i will have to say that you know i've done so much stuff to help optimize my health both mental and physical for from a mental and physical performance standpoint but one of the things that i really didn't pay much attention to and i kind of like slapped myself on the wrist about a year ago was water and water intake and the quality of my water and the type of water I'm intaking. And so I will have to credit you, Robert, for like really changing my complete paradigm from that Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast. So hopefully you got amazing feedback from that podcast. Um, It just continues on and on. I I, I might as well tell you the fun story. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm in uh, the the city of Marbella, Spain. It's Mm -hmm. on the Mediterranean coast. Okay. Okay. And it's during it's during some kind of I don't know Celtic celebration in which you cleanse yourself. It, it, it's kind of a European thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in which you drag the, the 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 devils out of you and so on. Oh, so okay. Somebody, somebody. So somebody just said, "Hey, we're going to the. Everybody goes to the beach." prior to midnight and 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 then you kind of walk through some kind of fire backwards into the ocean all right i'm serious i'm just <laughs> telling you what i'm going okay they, i got to were you guys this. all doing like psilocybin or peyote no, doing there this? was <laughs> nothing involved nothing involved I <laughs> yeah but sure they, so these people in spain said you want to come to this and go what well, of course we want to see anything that's a cultural 
a mystery. So we go to this, you know, we, we walk like a half a mile to a beach and it's like sprawling with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, there's a couple of bonfires going, people are doing things, people have blankets and are just drinking wine, et cetera, et cetera. And somebody has a very big, like a DJ setup with speakers and music, et cetera. Yeah, so sounds I'm like a college going, rave going on here. <laughs> no, it is. And I was feeling more and more like a college student because yeah. I was going, you know, what do you do? You walk around and at least you look at the beautiful girls, right? I mean, that's natural <laughs> in Spain. Of course. So so I'm walking around and winding myself through blankets. And I was going to go over toward the, uh, to where the DJ, uh, where the DJ was. And this guy sitting, I'm going to guess 25 feet from me, uh, you know, with his friends, he, he just stands up and starts staring at me. And, and I'm going, okay, I don't know. Is this like a problem they didn't tell me about? <laughs> Call like the I'm cops. Confronted. And he just like slowly starts to step to me and his face is like getting more and more in amazement. And he goes, are you Robert Slovak? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, I am, but it's not possible you could know that. Right. And he said, I know you from the Ben Greenfield podcast. <laughs> I remember your picture. So wow. anyway, yeah. That's hilarious. Getting- That's when you know you've made it in life, Robert, is that somebody <laughs> at a random college rave in Who's Spain. Who's half drunk. <laughs> yeah, right. half drunk. I'm going to go with on peyote or, or psilocybin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it can recognize you. That's when you know you've officially made it. You're now an official influencer. <laughs> That's awesome. official. Well, you know, the biggest thing for me was is that I was just so blown away by so much that I didn't know regarding water. And it's just something that I thought I was doing an okay job with. Like I thought I was taking in enough water, but I really wasn't focusing. I was focusing on quantity and not quality. And so from kind of there on out, I knew I needed to make some changes and really like, you know, I tell people on this podcast that I, I try not to speak too much in an exaggerated tone or in hyperbole, but changing water has changed my life. And it is something that has become habitual, uh, the changes that I've made. And I'd love to kind of get into those with you today. But, you know, I just kind of wanted to share my gratitude and appreciation well, for your work. Well, Jay, guess what? It's funny because I noticed like just before you called that we didn't have the water topic on our list. Uh-huh. It right. was funny. So maybe that six hour request of my mate may come true <laughs> exactly yes so robert <laughs> and i were talking off air before we started recording we're like yeah here we go we're gonna do that six hour podcast we're gonna make a joe rogan <laughs> podcast just look like a shameful attempt at exactly. ours so that's uh no that's great well you know robert I, one of the things that i'll point people to just because again i'm a huge advocate for both of the podcasts that you've done fairly recently with with ben within the last year i'll link over uh to those on my show notes again that's going to be at drjwiles.com slash water and go listen to that because you'll get a little bit more of Robert's background. We can get into that a little bit today, but if you want to hear more detail, they really dive deep on on that one. But you know, uh, well, let's just kind of open up by talking about the uh, the elephant in the room, which is the topic of water. And so when we talk about water, there's so many different areas that we can go. So in my, my kind of intro, I talked about hydrogen water. We talked about kind of like mineralized water. Talked about deuterium depleted water. So I'd love to kind of hit on all of those topics. But let me just kind of get a little bit of a background. We don't have to dive too too deep into this, Robert. 
But like, what, what gets a man interested in water? Like, how do you become interested? And in, this is what I'm going to pursue kind of for my life is to study and to, uh, you know, take charge of kind of the waterfront. Well, well, I can say from my perspective right now, water is the topic people know least of. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it I is amazing. It is amazing. And part of it is because it is an infinitely complex and and uh, ununiform topic in which there's not a lot of agreement. I mean, mm. especially in current topics like structured water, okay? I mean, people like structured water. There's 100,000 kinds of structured water, but people like think that there's just this, oh, my God, that water's structured? I'll buy it. So mm-hmm. that's one of the, some of the myths that I hope to hope to clear up. But yes. uh, my training, educational training, is as an aeronautical and astronautical engineer. I graduated mm-hmm. from the first class in astronautics uh, from New York University School, um, Aeronautics School, Guggenheim School. And this was the first, astronautics is simply training a new crop of students to think about flight outside of the atmosphere. And that was my interest. Mm-hmm. So that's where it started. And you have to be a mechanical engineer. You have to know a lot of sciences to do this. And I was ready for bear and uh, worked in the uh, actually for the defense department by uh, by by force so to speak they chose me and disbanded our entire phd class during the vietnam war to go work on me on the minuteman missile so that's Mm -hmm. how i got into it but during that time within five years i was introduced to membrane separation uh, which one of the elements of is something called reverse osmosis. And it uses thin film membranes that are able to separate anything from water. All right. Mm-hmm. And nowadays it's really a separation technology. For instance, if you wonder how do they concentrate your orange juice? Well, they just put it on through, they force it on a membrane and the water goes through and the orange juice solids stay on the other surface. And they freeze it, and there's your concentrated orange juice. Mm-hmm. So it's used in almost every form of separation, milk separation, um, anything you can think of. Uh, oil and water separation membranes are the hip cool thing for water. Mm-hmm. So I became fascinated with reverse osmosis, and I said, wow, what a technology. And this was at the infancy. We're talking 1971, all right? Yeah. And, uh, and it was... It was so important from the government standpoint that the Department of the Interior was paying all the research bills. And the re- why the Department of Interior? Because the Department of Interior realized that they wanted to be at the forefront of desalination of water to mm-hmm. make water, fresh water from seawater. Right. That was the first interest. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. But I, 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 and, and I'm going, wow, you know, and, th- and this was just at the beginning, you know, it was very hard to do the, the, the seawater and it didn't do very well at it in the beginning. And, and then I said, wow, I think it would be great to be able to have systems at people's homes to be able to make bottled quality water. I didn't know anything about mineralization and trace mineralization. <laughs> right. I wasn't, yes. wasn't even thinking. My thing was, because in the 70s, there was a lot of environmental attention. It was just beginning to grow. We realized by the 70s, we've, from, from World War II, we poisoned the entire planet. So everybody was thinking of ecology then and the contaminants in water and 
all of the things, you know, DDT, pesticides, all were fine being discovered in the water. So I said, boy, this is for me. So my brother and I um, just said, hey, we're out of here. We, we served our time, so to speak, with the industry of missiles. And, and my brother was into quantum physics and things like this for, for the government. And we said, we're out of here. So we actually set up in our uh, apartment in Corona Del Mar, California, our own laboratory. I mean, it was Interesting. It, it was it was laughable. We had membranes hanging from our shower <laughs> stall. Okay, one of those. I mean, we were at the very beginning, and as time went on, we started to make products. We bought, you know, a building. We started to make it, and more. Probably the thing that made us most well known is that we decided to go on the road throughout the U.S. and train the rest of the water industry on this new technology. Oh, that's and great. And that, that launched it. And we pretty much, for the next 40 years, we pretty much dominated the industry uh, for for reverse osmosis applications that included drinking water, dialysis, um, every form of the printing industry needed pure water, hospitals, laboratories. But my, I would say my funnest one was developing something you may know if you ever washed the, your car yourself called spot-free rinse. Huh. Yeah, I did not realize that you had your hands in on that. That's cool. We, we, we didn't only have our hands in it. We invented it. That's okay? awesome. All right, I'll have to remember that <laughs> next time <laughs> so I'm using it. The next time if you ever wash the car in a self-serve car wash and you turn that button to spot-free or spot-free rinse, always think of me, would you? <laughs> I will. I will. Indeed. Indeed. I might actually just roll down my windows and start shouting to everybody so that they know too. <laughs> and also but, it'll be a shameless show, plug for my podcast. <laughs> but to show you how people reacted to it at the International Car Wash um, Convention in Las Vegas, I was claiming that I was making water to this group, a very well-heeled group in the sophisticated convention in which three people showed up at my talk, okay? <laughs> this would have even embarrassed you, okay? <laughs> three people show up at my talk, and I'm telling him there's water that won't leave spots, and no one had any concept that that was possible. They yeah. thought spots were an enhance, were an inherent part of water. Do you understand? They didn't so realize it was the stuff in there. But right. once you remove the minerals, of course, there's no more stuff. Yes. And then the water dries. And I can't tell you the hilarious experiences <laughs> of, of, de of demonstrating this to car wash owners who go, I know you're in I know you're a nutcase, Robert, but I'm going to trust you rinsing <laughs> out my black BMW in the hot California sun, and they would be amazed. So it was a big fun time for us. That is is really, really funny and a cool story indeed. So, you know, Robert, one of the things that you mentioned that I always always really kind of hone in and, and think about you on is kind of this idea, and reverse osmosis too, is this idea of really, truly providing pure water, pure drinking water, especially 
uh, to the masses. Um, and this is something that I've talked about on my podcast before, but I'd love to get into it. But when we look at some of the things that we find in, let's say, for instance, municipal water, and we're talking about some fairly neurodegenerative type of effects that can come from some of these compounds that we find in this drinking water. And a lot of times people aren't thinking twice. They're just going to the sink, they're turning on their water and they're putting it in a glass, maybe throw some ice cubes in there and they you know, kind of go on their way, or they're just drinking, you know, Pepsi Cola or or something or they're using something jay that doesn't address those things mm-hmm. yeah yeah so and, and like are you talking about things like brita filters or yeah it may not for where they live uh you know it, it may not be enough to remove glyphosate mm-hmm. right and i'm gonna direct your 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 audience to how to how to make sure they are reducing the contaminants that are in most municipal water supplies by choosing the right technology. Yeah. So let's get into that because one of the things that I was really struck by when I first heard you on on Ben's podcast was when you discussed kind of this whole concept of getting a really good reverse osmosis filter, but not necessarily getting one underneath the sink because that can hold its own major problems. So I know that you're a huge proponent of the AquaTrue filter, which I actually utilize. I bought it the the day I heard your podcast. <laughs> I bought uh-huh. it uh, and I've been using it Super. for the last year now. And so why is that a, a, a higher performance type of, of filtration system than, say, for instance, one that you might just get on Amazon that goes underneath the sink like almost everybody buys when they buy one? It's a great question. Can I just go back one step more? Yeah. And tell you, because this, this is a good foundation. Look, everyone, there's only two technologies that are capable of reducing or completely removing every category of contaminant that could be in water supplies there's only two Mm -hmm. one of them and i love both of them one of them is distillation plus activated carbon Mm -hmm. you always have to combine activated carbon with things for which we may be able to get into it but maybe not but you this is a synergism of technologies distillation Plus activated carbon. Excellent. So, Robert, is activated carbon like the thing you would find in like a Brita filter? It is. Okay. I mean, it's the primary technology. And it's certainly for somebody who is really health minded like your audience and where I speak, this just isn't enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you perhaps live in a pristine uh, spring and uh, on your property in Montana, you right. know, it might be good enough. And it may, it may be you, towards. Robert, the who, it may have been you that said this, but isn't really kind of a, if for lack of a better way of saying it, a Brita filter going to do more for taste than it actually is and going to remove contaminants. Yes. I mean, it's, it's designed to do that. Now there is, diff- there are different levels of Brita filters. Like some have special media that can remove one of the most prevalent and dangerous things, and that's lead in the water. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. there are little compounds that can be added that 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 uh, change the lead into a form that can remove. So that that's good. That's better than nothing. Uh, but still, there are so many things, and let's just point right out right from the get go: glyphosate. Mm-hmm. Glyphosate yes. ain't easy to remove. Right, which is people don't know what that is. That's Roundup. That is that is indeed a, a herbicide. Uh, it's a herbicide that has been found in virtually every single water supply in America. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's that ubiquitous uh, now on on the whole earth. I mean, it's like yeah. it should be shut down, and I don't know why it is. Because it's even found within like well water too, right now, right? Oh like my a god, lot of wells. you can't. Yeah. 
You can't. It's so it's, sad. It's, it's in the air. It, it, it goes into the aquifers. The aquifers spread out throughout the land. I mean, there's no way to stop it. So mm-hmm. anyway, so there's distillation plus activated carbon. And the second technology is reverse osmosis plus activated carbon. Mm-hmm. That's it. There are no other things that can do what you this audience needs to do. Interesting. And some people just get sucked into things like zero water gadgets and, and people love water gadgets. I, yeah. I just get I get questions all the time and, and, and I'm going, no, think about <laughs> this, please. Okay. Man, water alkalinity and uh, like Kangen filters are like yes. <laughs> I have heard so many questions about those. I'm sure I know I know you already have kind of your your take and opinion on them, but yes. it's just really interesting regarding like people they'll shell out some freaking money for some water gadgets and I know. they'll throw Four thousands of dollars. Six thousand dollars and I on on the word on uh, on the um topic of alkaline water i i just say listen alkaline water is a scientific uh, here's how i identify it. it's a scientific misconception that became a billion dollar industry mm. okay Happens and it so was often. very successful it's still to some t- degree dis- successful and uh, the, that that industry that sells like you know kangen and life springs and various there's probably 50 names of alkaline ionizers uh, and they just last week, uh, not this last weekend, I just gave a talk and a guy, just when I told this story about Oakland Water, he goes, oh my God, I just bought two of them. One was 3700 and the other one was like uh, 2900 And I'm Of going, course. He goes, I got to sell these things. I'm going, no, d- don't sell them. And <laughs> <laughs> just return them. Now, there's can. nothing wrong with drinking alkaline water. Right, there's right. There's nothing wrong with drinking acidic water because the body is going to, depending upon the state the body's in, et cetera, to when you've eaten, the body's going to change that pH dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the industry never understood, and this is, it, it was in kind of, in a way, an innocent mistake that it didn't, and the founders of alkaline water who believed in it with wholeheartedly did not understand the difference between the words alkaline and alkalinity. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't know if it was a language problem, etc. But when somebody handed me the core text on introducing alkaline, the science of alkaline water, I sent it back, I gave it back to them with the word wrong on almost every page. <laughs> but they loved you. <laughs> Uh, they, they didn't love me, and, and it's been a problem for me. I mean, there's people, there's people who, you know, there's two of us. You know Tyler LeBaron, I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So Tyler and I, independently, before we knew one another, took up the challenge of dispelling the benefit of alkaline water. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, uh, so so they they treated him a little worse than I did because I'm told they made a wanted poster with his picture on it oh, okay geez. they never did that to me but but many 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 times people who were in the industry and who had made very fortunes in doing it would ask me okay tell me the truth about this is, is this really something we're doing and it's not right mm-hmm. i said yes if you listen i will explain it in as simple a language as i can so i tell doctors this i expand it I, at the end of a talk i say here is your mantra 
I want you to take this with you. The pH of anything you eat or drink is irrelevant in human physiology. Mm. Because people were beginning to make charts, totally fake, fake bogus charts like, hey, um, celeries, uh, celery pH is, is 8.4 and avocado pH is this. And they would, they would show a chart and a pH that all these healthy vegetables were up high on the alkaline chart. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, no, that's not true. If you juice, for instance, you know that if you want to alkalize somebody, one of the great ways to do it is fresh green juices, right? Mm-hmm. You can include right. that in your diet. It's a great alkalizing uh, habit. So I asked doctors, what is the pH of every fresh green juice? Just give me a, give me your best shot. And, you know, 8.4, 9.0, wow, it's, they're so good that it's got to be maybe up by 10. I said, no, the pH of all fresh green juices is acidic. Interesting. Well, how does it, how does it, how does it possibly uh, be involved with reducing metabolic acidity if it's acidic itself? And I said, you didn't listen to my previous statement. The pH of anything you eat or drink is irrelevant in human physiology. And now I'm going to explain the chemistry, which we don't, we can't get into because it's a little bit much mm-hmm. and requires a blackboard, but. You right. can still, del- a fresh green juice is rich in alkalizing minerals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these alkalizing minerals engage with your, your body fluids and so on and help build the alkalizing bicarbonate, uh, bicarbonate ion in your bloodstream. That's what they do. And it's irrelevant that the juice is actually acidic. Yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, again, this is where there is a gap between kind of our education and then what billion dollar corporations are going to provide to us. Because yes, sir. even if they find out that they're wrong, uh, they enjoy making billions of dollars and they're not going to come yes, out and do. tell you that. So I'm sure that you speaking out against, you know, companies that are producing, you know, uh, you know, these these water companies that are, you know, you know, saying that they're doing whatever to their alkalinity of their water, you're just going to speak out against them and they're going to be like, how dare you challenge? my billion dollar corporation and so i can understand why they might not like you as much um i still don't understand why they put tyler the baron on a wanted poster that just seems like a cultish terrorist organization tyler the baron because he was he's from utah and he was in uh alkaline ionizer territory Mm. he became fascinated with it he's a brilliant uh, he's a brilliant chemist he's a brilliant biological uh, cellular biologist. I mean, the guy is super, super sharp. And so he, he dove into it just like any young enterprising person might. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, Whoa, this doesn't agree with my chemistry idea. And so then he started the website, which all of you must go on molecular hydrogen mm-hmm. I'll link Every- that in the show notes. Yep, and and that website really has a beautiful discussion of this topic where alkaline water doesn't cut it, et cetera, et cetera. Indeed. Well, that's a, it's a really fascinating conversation. I'll round us back to where we were, which was talking about <laughs> reverse osmosis. And you were talking about the two different types of water filtration systems yes. or, or, or ways so, of filtrating. So, so yeah, let's get back to that. Distillation and, plus activated carbon or reverse osmosis plus activated carbon. With the distiller, 
you almost can get any distiller that and 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 it'll do what you needed to do mm-hmm. unfortunately the public has never really bought into distillers they don't like the inconvenience they don't like the amount of electricity it uses they don't like cleaning it and so on so mm-hmm. if you're not people like we we live in a convenience world or most people do oh yeah and i don't want to touch it i just want to p- push the button and the water comes out well that right. isn't a distiller for most cases mhm yeah, no, indeed. And so let's talk about kind of this system that I use, the one that you are a, a big proponent of, which is the AquaTrue system. Is that something that you, you ended up, you, did you develop it or are you just a pro like no, advocate no, of it? No, the fundamental design was developed by Peter Spiegel. Mm-hmm. And Peter Spiegel was not really like a water expert, but he, he, he channeled something. And I tell Peter, Peter, I've been in the business for 50 years when I first met him. And, and when he introduced me, he said, everybody to his staff, this is the man that makes our product available, blah, blah, blah. It was very, very nice of him to say that. But I said, Peter, if I could have made one product myself to be most proud of, it would have been the product that you designed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I added some enhancements and helped figure a few things out. Okay. Right. And now it's the product has improved over the years, and it is the best practical water purifier for an individual or a family that I know with know yeah. about. And it's not just hype. This is about your health. It's all about your health. Now, I am part of, of the responsibility for designing conven- many kinds of water purifiers, including ones that were, let's say, uh, pre-water uh, uh, AquaTrue type devices, but not as slick and, and well designed as the AquaTrue. Yeah, so it's a I've really pretty. It's a really pretty we, device. We don't have tanks. Yeah, it sure is. I but love it. I design, I'm most famous for really under sink RO systems that have a sealed storage tank and the reverse osmosis uh, membrane with filters to go with it. Gotcha. And so I. Oh, and I was going to ask you too, Robert, and this may be where you were going with this, but I know that you've talked out a lot on how like just kind of conventional RO filters that you put under the sink may not be kind of the best route, especially from like a mental health standpoint. And I know one of the things that you've talked about a lot is kind of the correlation between kind of utilizing some of these RO filters, uh, bacteria buildup, and then cognitive related disorders, um, things even kind of neurodevelopmental like autism. Do you, would, would you speak to that and kind of share a little yes. bit of your thoughts on Thank those? You. So. So, uh, look, as the industry changed its, it, its design, and the problem was it's not the filters and it's not the membrane. It's the storage, Jay. Mm-hmm. That is the problem. And what, when I, I first developed the Verse systems in the early 70s, RO membranes made five gallons a day. Okay? Yeah. And this is the problem that few people comprehend, including the industry. And when then... As developments came along, we had thin film membranes and all this. They went from 5 to 12 to 15 to 24 to 35. And now when you buy an RO system, I don't care, Home Depot, your local dealer, etc., it's going to be between 50 and 75 gallons a day. Mm -hmm. So what's wrong with that? That sounds good. It's making me more water than I can use. Everybody likes that idea, more than I can use. But the tank never gets emptied. Mm-hmm. The water is in there for m- weeks, months, and even years. No, oh, gross. Because it's 
because if you use three gallons a day, even five, it's filled before you return to get another glass of water. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it becomes a microbial incubator, pure and simple. And I did the early tests and I warned the industry, don't do this. It's great that people even call and say, I'm running out of water. It's great. It's good because it's keep, it keeps making it fresh. Then in, the, in, the, in, in 2000, I'm guessing in 2005, when I started to speak at the first um, uh, autism conferences, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to say to a group of mothers sitting in front of me when I tell them they cannot use this water by any stretch of the imagination for their child with autism. Mm -hmm. This was a great concern of mine. What am I going to say? And I had to act quickly. So I told people, listen, here's why you can't use it. The bacteria growth is so enormous. It's in the hundreds of thousands of colony forming units per milliliter. Wow. That's insane. Okay. This is insane. So it would interrupt. I will. I tell them, your child, if he has a microbiome, gut problems, he will never be able to get better with this. Which is this a large keep... percentage of kids with autism. Oh, we're my talking God. 85 and to adult. 90%. Yes. Indeed, too. Right. If you do not have a good bacterial disabling system called an acidic stomach, okay, mm-hmm. which is common to young infants, perhaps children who are already immunocompromised, and the elderly too. If you don't have that protection, you are going to think you've been cursed by the devil for digestive problems. Right. And the interconnection between that and brain health and cognitive functioning is just enormous. It is enormous because the brain is, you know, the second brain is your microbiome. It is. It is indeed. Yeah, and I actually maybe was it's listening. the first brain, Jay. I right. Sure. Well, that's hilarious that you just said that because that was actually my comment. I forgot who it was. Maybe it was Dr. Perlmutter, David Perlmutter, who was mentioning that how kind of the idea was is that we always have, you know, our second brain being our gut, but it actually might be our first brain um, because of all the, all the, all the, um, all, all the cognitive functionings that actually occur because because of gut functioning. And so, you know, it's one of those things I think that as we get more and more research, we're going to continue to grow that connection. You know, yeah. The serotonin, the dopamine. Indeed. I mean, this I mean, is that's where we're housing 90% of our neurotransmitters is within our gut. And so we have to be able to both, yes, uh, result in genesis of these neurotransmitters, but we also have to be able to transport them effectively without them dying off and get them across the blood brain barrier. And all of these are going to be impacted if we have dysbiosis in the gut, especially for drinking what we think is good water, but is really just contaminated right water. So I can't tell you how many cases I've been through just in you know the last 25 years when somebody said, you know, uh, and it would have nothing to do with water. I said, Robert, do you know anything? I have, there's an elderly couple that lives next to me, and I know you'll know a lot about health. And, you know, they're always having, like, uh, the, the, the upset stomachs, and it's not working. And I, I get, here's my first question. Can you ask them if they have an RO system? In fact, would you just call them right now since they're your neighbors while I'm on the phone with you? And they did and go, and she would say, oh, my friend Robert is asking if you have an under-sink RO system. They go, <laughs> what the hell? How, do they, how does he know? 
And I said, you have to stop make, using the water immediately, blah, blah, blah. And um, virtually everyone just on that eventually clears up. I gave them mm -hmm. some other, you know, take some probiotics, a few other suggestions. But it is a problem. So those of your, of your audience who happens to have an undersink RO system, and when I speak, I mean, half the group I just spoke to in San Diego had an undersink RO system. Yeah. And I said, they said, oh, my God, do we have to throw it away? I said, don't throw it away, I, I, you know, and unless you have the funds to just throw it away. Uh, you should, if, you, if there's no one comprom health compromised in your household and everybody's feeling good, dump this tank every other evening when, mm -hmm. before you but when you're finished drinking water, if you have a compromise health compromised person in your household, you must drain it every night. Wow! Yeah, and you're going holy man, exhausting. And then I said, if you have somebody with a known uh, treatable microbiome issue that's you know creating dysbiosis of any level, then you must sterilize that water, even with your draining it every night. And I tell them to go get from Amazon.com or their local camping store, a SteriPen. Mm -hmm. Do you know the SteriPen? UV light? Yeah. It's yeah. a little portable UV light you can take when you go on travel and camping and all that stuff. But it really kills all three categories of pathogens. And this, yeah, I said, you have to use these with your child, for instance, who has autism. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just absolutely exhausting. So my thing would be, if you've got the finances to do it, go get an AquaTrue, which is tabletop, by the way. Here's why the AquaTrue, because you can access the tank. You can yeah. incessantly clean it if you want, but you really don't because right. its materials of construction do not encourage microbial growth. And if you want to sanitize it because you have an immunocompromised person, you know what you do? You just take it. I don't care. Once a week, once every two weeks, throw a capful of hydrogen peroxide in a full tank of the RO water, throw it away in 10 minutes, done. Yeah, that's actually something that that you emailed me back back in like yes, March or something, I, that's and right. I really appreciated that because I was just having like a li like a tiny bit of algae growth, but once I do that, like it's gone. Like within, it's it's like so funny how fast yes. it's gone. Um, if you because some, because algae spores can be in the. I mean, you, you and I are breathing algae spores exactly. Constantly. Yes, and if there is sunlight in the on a clear tank of water those algae spores will go in there and they'll go this is nice okay right and they will grow yes but yeah, indeed. they're not harmful yeah yeah not, exactly you might not like having a little green film on the bottom yeah exactly that's that's more than anything it's my wife saying get that out of here people walk come over there be <laughs> why are, why are you why you got green water over here but uh you know one of the things that I, I love about the system is that it's so efficient um and then it's also one of the things that like i can have better keep track of how much water i'm drinking because i do a bad job about that sometimes and just kind of quantifying the amount of water so this is like one of those things i have a couple of the carafts that i put on and i just kind of uh, make sure that i have kind of a level that i hit each day um just to stay hydrated because I do a lot of high intensity interval training, a lot of sports and athletic training. So I absolutely love this thing. I would recommend it to anybody. It is a very great system. And especially like, uh, for the price, it's what, what, right about $400 or so. Um, yeah, and, and well, you, the list price, the list price is 469, but there's, there's many specials on this. Like we just have a special where, uh, we, we added a, a, a box of ketone hypertonic minerals and trace elements to awesome. it free of charge. Excellent. So, I mean, there's, you know, we all have 
specials on this because right. it's so popular. Okay, here's one of the things that I do, and this kind of opens up a topic of conversation that I know we're going to want to get into today. So I use my AquaTrue system. I have the most pure water that I could be drinking coming out of there. However, it has stripped, if there was any, I mean, with municipal water, it's probably not much in there anyway, but it stripped um, kind of the mineral content from the water do I need to be adding stuff back in? And I'll tell you well, what I do. I'm but. glad you said that. And I'd just like to say this first. In general, the mineral content of waters across the United States varies so greatly, it's irrelevant to consider it as a contribution to your health. Mm -hmm. Okay? Really. I mean, there may be some places that have a perfect blend of minerals. But even more important point to make is that, remember, we're talking not just minerals that everyone is familiar with, like, you know, calcium, magnesium, potassium, phosphorus, iron, blah, blah, blah. We're not just talking about those. We're talking about the 70 plus trace elements. You, you, you couldn't, most people couldn't even name three of them. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, yeah, actually name some for us. What are some trace elements that, that people may or may not be familiar with that are fundamental or the foundation of health? Well, I mean, like selenium, okay? Right, yes, Cobalt, that's a huge one. Okay, I mean, there's just, you know, there's 70. And, and so the point is this. Here, I'm, I'm going to, well, take another step back. And this is for doctors who, who may be listening. Listen, the most frustrating thing I cannot get through to doctors in the 16 years I've taught this subject is that one, recognize that life emerged in the ocean. Mm -hmm. often called in science the primordial ocean. Then I ask doctors, what is the ocean? No one has answered it in 16 years correctly, what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I go, the ocean is so unique because it's a solution of the entire periodic table of the elements. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a place for life to start, something as... Right neat as life, where you had everything that the universe had to offer in one place. And then, more incredible than emerging in the ocean is that life, and this is what caused me, I almost fell over when I realized this, life spent uniquely, exclusively, two and a half billion years in that solution before it left it. All species, plant, animal, bacteria, giraffes, uh, mushrooms, all spent two and a half billion years. And I asked doctors, could you think of anything that might have determined the design, the structure and function of life more than the ocean? I mean, it owned it. And do you think that you can separate life from what was what was provided by the ocean, like all of a sudden, just like, oh, we left the ocean and we're now evolving on the land. Where are you getting it? Well, early life did have it from the soil, but you aren't getting any of it now. Yeah. Of the 70 plus elements and trace el minerals and trace elements, you would be hard pressed to find more than 15 or 20 if you did a mass spec analysis of someone's blood plasma. That's really scary if you think about it. And really, if we're talking about minerals and trace elements being the foundation of health, then how are we replenishing these? So if we're looking at kind of our soil 
composition. I mean, our soil, and even with kind of more sustainable foods that we're eating, has been stripped still from a lot of these minerals and trace elements that we would get. And so what is the way to remineralize and to include these trace elements? So what is what is your go-to there, Robert? My go-to is there, there's a grand scheme go-to and there's a practical immediate go-to. Mm-hmm. The grand scheme go-to is beautifully handled by the brilliant scientist August Dunning. Mm-hmm. Professor August Dunning has spent most of his, much of his career at Caltech. He is an astrophysicist, and he is one of the designers of the amazing International Space Station. But somewhere along the line, he had like a, 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 an enlightened time in which he realized and put together the fact the loss of minerals and trace elements in the soil absolutely corresponds with the increase of chronic disease from 1900 to present day. Mm-hmm. And please put on your, on your um, podcast uh, notes for everyone to look up Habitat Crisis okay. by August Dunning. It's a presentation. There's a live one. And, and, and if you're lucky, you can find the one that has the slides on it okay and, i'll, I'll and, look it up and, and try Dr. to link J, it if you can't find the slides i you must see them i must send them to you okay i'd, lo- I'd love it i'll look for it and i'll have my team look for it but if we can't find it i'm, I'm going to reach back out to you very good so he became so like and and this this same position about the need for minerals and trace elements in all life was actually read into Congress in 1925 by another astute doctor. He got it. He realized that this loss, this gradually growing loss, and it wasn't even half as bad as it is today, he read into Congress a letter that said, if we don't pay attention to this, we're going to degrade our entire population, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just went and nobody even thought about it. And guess nobody even thinks about it now. It's perhaps the, the most important thing for a doctor to know. And and this week, past weekend, there was a couple of practitioners who who literally put palm up to their up to their forehead, like, "Oh my God, I get it." So August Dunning actually started a company. There, there's several in the world that simply concentrate seawater and they sell it to agriculture. Hmm. To literally spread Spray it the fields. as you would have fertilizer on the fields. And, you know, it's going to take 200 years. But, okay, cool. Go for it. Yeah. But I, I, I say, listen, in the meantime, everyone, before your broccoli comes back with at least 40 or 50 trace elements <laughs> in it, here's what to do. Uh-huh. I have a favorite substance that you know I discovered in Brazil, which mm-hmm. I consider saved my life called Canton, if you're from London, Quinton, okay, (laughs) marine plasma. And this is a product that most of its history was a medicine, okay? And it still is a medicine, but now we've discovered because of our crisis that this is the ultimate ultimate mineral and trace element supplement. Yeah, and this comes from uh, like a pure, like the one that I use a lot is the hypertonic, and I, I might be using it incorrectly, so I'm going to ask you about it, both for my own sake and those who use it. But yeah, it's it's a pretty much just pure seawater that's been harvested from what what's on your website, protected plankton blooms. 
And so uh, this and, and these vials or ampules contain um, a, a large amount of minerals and trace elements. Is it all of the elements on the periodic table that can be found in one vial? Is that was that something I remember? It you saying? is all of the elements, although we we say seventy eight, okay, because we don't count the gases. Mm, okay, that makes sense. And, and and it's just not practical, or it's not even correct to count the right. gases. There are gas with some minor partial pressure in that ampule, but we, it's just not looked at. Okay, okay, gotcha. So that, is, that, that first came out, those glass ampules first were, I won't say on the market, but were first used as a medicine in 1897. Oh, wow. It's been around for a little and time. Then, and then, uh, Jay, that, that René Canton, the revolutionary biologist who discovered this connection between the sea and, and health and physiology, etc., uh, in 1904, and he wasn't thinking that you need minerals and trace elements. He was using it as a medicine. And when you use it as a medicine, he used isotonic. Mm-hmm. And it comes, so, so the one you were referring to, the hypertonic, is in an amber glass ampule. Yes. That you break the glass to access it. And the other one is in a clear ampule, and it's isotonic. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't really pay much attention to hypertonic, because isotonic, we call the medicine, and hypertonic, we call the nutrient. So with, uh, you know, I've used predominantly the hypertonic and I'll just tell you how I've used it. So there's been some mornings where I've gotten up and I said, you know what, I'm kind of ready to kick some ass today. I knew I was going to hit a hard workout or whatever it may be. And so I wanted to recover well, kind of be energized for it. So I'll just take one of those hypertonic ampules. Um, I kind of keep it in my mouth for about 60 seconds or so. Then I swallow it and I go about my day. And then sometimes most of the time I'm adding like one of the hypertonic ampules into the carafe of reverse osmosis water that comes out of my aqua true am i like going about that the completely wrong way because i've never this is this is kind of my mindset and i want you to correct me is that i've been all about hey hardcore let me do the uh the most potent one which is i saw it was the hypertonic like why do i need something that's not as potent with the isotonic i'm ready to kind of like go you know hardcore with this this is what biohackers do but have i been looking at this like the completely wrong way personally i from what if my advice is one for someone in like us, we are interested in peak health, biohacking, etc. To do the best we know for our physiology, mm-hmm. I always take a hypertonic. When I am feeling well, okay, like I'm feeling right now, I take a hypertonic 30 minutes before my first meal or okay. whatever I'm gonna take. That that's it. That that is my day start. I also use a hypertonic in one to two liters to structure the water, which we're not going to get into this very (laughs) complex subject. Why do you do that? But it also supplements my 78 mineral and trace element uh, uh, intake, okay? So it helps. So I put it in my water. Mm -hmm. I put it in my carafe, and I put in one in my carafe of 2.4 liters. Okay. That generates about 150 milligrams per liter, which would be like a fantastic natural spring water. Gotcha. Okay. All right? Right. Then, so, so now, if you are going to do athletic events and, um, and are very serious about those events and really push it, 
uh, you should consider taking, and I'm talking a, an endurance event especially. If you're doing an endurance event and sweating, etc., I recommend before you start, separately of everything you've done, take two ampules. That is the standard sports uh, recommendation. Two ampules of hypertonic. Two ampules of hypertonic, okay. but they also make it for athletes a sachet or a little packet, a little yeah, foil packet. So because they once made it in a little ampule that was similar to, to the one that you're well familiar with, but even and it had a peel off. But the athletes complained that when they traveled and stuff, they would break these things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they made it in a sachet. And that and and it's under another name. Even though it's Quintone, it's called quintessential, kind of like Quintone. I got it. Play on quintessential words. Quintessential hypertonic elixir. Mm-hmm. And this is used in Europe, they call it totem, which is Latin for total. Oh, I like it. And and so this is the only when 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 if you if you watch international sports you will see the Europeans also on the, the sideline of a tennis match and soccer and so on, tear open one of these things. It is the world's finest sports electrolyte with 78 electrolytes in it. That's okay? crazy. Do they just like douse it in their mouth? Just kind of put it in their mouth and take, put it in take their some mouth, water? Hold it. It's good to hold it because uh-huh. there is this other thing that goes on in the oral cavity. Take it, hold it for 30 seconds, drink it. Okay. Now, if it's an endurance sport, let, let's say 150-mile bike race or, you know, a 10K marathon or something, these, most of these athletes get relief by taking another two, 20 milliliters after the race or their endurance sport for recovery. So why might somebody even take isotonic? Like, what would, what would be the use of isotonic if we just get it, get, go hardcore and do I'm hypertonic? i have to fly back there and, 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 and really give you, because isotonic really is, is what made Quinton famous. Uh-huh. Okay, so here's the first thing to start out. Remember, he first made those ampules with the special plankton bloom derived seawater right and the plankton bloom is a huge assemblage of zoo um, of phytoplankton which you all know and zooplankton which is the animal version of this microscopic mm-hmm. organism and the zooplankton would be something everyone knows is would be a krill right okay which that is like sense. a little yeah. microscopic shrimp kind yes. of thing and so, so those things exist in symbiosis in the ocean in something called the plankton bloom. And they're huge. They're 100 kilometers across. Oh, wow. And, and when, when Laboratoire's Canton goes to get access water, they just don't go out into the ocean and collect water. I mean, this is like a big process. They, they are in constant contact with the Oceanographic Institute of Madrid, Spain. And every oceanographic institute is responsible for assuring the health of plankton blooms because they make 65% of the oxygen on the planet. Hmm. And they don't really want you to know much about them because of the, uh, the, the, the seriousness of a plankton bloom and what it's capable of doing. I mean, all the species of sea life go there to begin procreation. I mean, I could talk endlessly about this. But the the water is taken from a plankton bloom, and they tell Laboratoires Canton, here is where to go. 
here's your coordinates. And they monitor many factors. And then that is collected in 1,000 liter of pharmaceutical containers and immediately put into a refrigerated truck at four degrees centigrade. Mm -hmm. This is to preserve it. It goes to the facility. It's a laboratoire scanton. It's a very advanced state-of-the-art pharmaceutical facility. It goes there and it stays in their refrigeration section for one month while it undergoes quality inspection. And they inspect everything and then some. If it does not meet all of their parameters, including a balance of the phytoplankton species, all these factors, if it doesn't meet it, it goes down the drain. <laughs> Interesting. Okay? Then it's micro it goes through the whole the whole plant is just all the piping it travels through. It's all glass. Oh yeah. This is more elaborate than you can imagine. Because the end, these both of these, the the the, the and I'm I'm uh, I'm not going to be reluctant to say this, but both of these are injectable substances. Hmm. And are set up my IV bag. Injected worldwide. No, no, don't don't say anymore. <laughs> no, I won't say that. They're, don't they're do inject- that, people. <laughs> I mean, this was never known as a dietary supplement until the mid seventies. Okay. You understand? Yeah. For the yeah. first for the first like. 80 years, people, people thought of it as a medicine. So in, in 1916, it made it in the pre, uh, what do you call it, the pre-copy of the French physician's desk reference, the PDR, and it made it in it as a cure for diseases. Interesting. What were those diseases that it was used for? Because you know, in 1916, there were no antibiotics. There were no real medicines. Right. I mean, they were potions, but not medicines. And ketone was really the, the most prevalent, the most prevalent medicine. And it was used. Here's what's in the PDR of, 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 of the European Vidal. It's called the Vidal. Cure, typhoid, syphilis, cholera, influenza, birth defects. And it goes on. You wouldn't believe your eyes. Yeah, that's fascinating. You wouldn't believe your eyes. So what did Rene Canton do to get this attention? Well, in 2004, he writes the treatise, L'eau du mer milieu organique, which means the water from the ocean is the same as your internal milieu. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you get that instantly. Right. And, and, and so what the one that's truly identical is the isotonic. Oh, because the ocean became more concentrated over time, but the life was really in an isotonic ocean for a long time, which determined your and my blood plasma concentration, called saline solution. Right, right. So while you know saline solution is only sodium chloride, the saline solution made by Laboratoires Canton, forbidden to be imported into the United States, contains 78 elements in trace and, and tracement. That's super fascinating. So is is there then harm or potential for harm if, let's say, we take too much hypertonic? Only. There is only one contraindication for any ketone product, and mm-hmm. it only exists for hypertonic, for somebody who has a fundamental um, uh, 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 hypertension. Okay. okay. Okay, just... A salt, there's 
a number of reasons you can have hypertension. But a salt, uh, a salt dose sensitive hypertension, you want to control how many hypertonic you take. A one hypertonic you're taking, if you want to know how much sodium is in that, Robert. Mm-hmm. So 127 milligrams, okay. not really a hell of a lot. Right. It's about the, about what's in an apple. But just to give, you know, somebody wouldn't want to take five of those if you were had had a sodium-related hypertension. Makes sense. And I'm not going to lie to listeners, too. If you've never tried hypertonic, if you just open the ampule and put it in your mouth, it tastes like salt water. <laughs> it tastes like yeah, seawater. It is. Uh, I've that actually gotten used to it. <laughs> right, yeah. I've gotten used to it, and uh, and I don't I don't mind the taste at all now. And and I was tasting it a little bit when I would put it into, like, a carafe um, of, of water, but now I don't at all. It just tastes like spring water, now, which is a little bit different than, you know, just when you, uh, you know, just have straight-up RO water. Uh, but not right. bad at all. And I also love just the effect of having mineralized my water. So I, I know that we could probably beat a dead horse here on minerals and we could, Oh, <laughs> well, I'm sure that dead horse. that's true. Horse. No, it is a live and thriving and energetic horse. Uh, we could, we could stay on this topic forever, but I'm going to transition us off. We may come back to minerals and trace elements. Oh, but can I, I say one more thing? Yeah, you do it. Do you mind? No, go for it. In 2004, I didn't finish the story after he wrote the treatise or the, no, before he wrote the treatise, what he did that shocked the world and what defined René Canton as one of the great physiologists of our time is the fact that he transfused six canines, six dogs. Most were taken from as mutts in the town that he did it in before the medical elite of uh, France and the rest of the countries. They were there when he transfused the whole. Now, you're going to be like, you're going to fall over or you're not going to believe me. He transfused the whole blood of all six dogs with Quinton Isotonic. Really? Now that is like extremely shocking. In excruciating detail, literally minute by minute, it was not a cakewalk for the dogs. Mm -hmm. No no question. Okay. They went through some hemolytic shock, et cetera, all the things you would know better than I. Mm -hmm. And they went through this, but all survived and thrived and two dogs uh were absent when they fully recovered two dogs were absent of the health condition i don't remember what it was that they had going in so that's what launched quintone and then because we were in the middle of multiple pandemics in europe the cholera tuberculosis etc etc and in one in 1908 three of the children's hospitals of the United States imported quintone for childhood tuberculosis, okay? So it became like the go-to medicine and six, the eight countries of Europe plus Egypt, um, Algeria, elected to set up uh, ocean dispensary. They called them marine dispensaries for the diseases of the day. And there were 69 throughout Europe and Northern Africa that treated the cholera and tuberculosis primarily. Bingo. Nothing else to say. Yeah, no, that is, that's absolutely fascinating. And I'm having to do a little bit more digging into this stuff because um, I've read a little bit, but not nearly as much as what you just were able to convey, which is so absolutely fascinating. I'm hoping that all my listeners are, are kind of got their mouth dropped um, like I do as well. <laughs> uh, you know, okay, I, to- I promised that we were going to move away from this, but I'm not going to. I actually have one more question uh, because this is one, Robert, that people ask me all the time. And it's one that I'm actually interested for me as well. So 
When we think about kind of conventional mineral water that's sold here in the U.S., typically it's carbonated. It's things like San Pellegrino, like Topo sure. Chico, Gerolsteiner. Are those ones that you are um, supportive of, or do you have a problem with any of those types of mineral waters? Not all of them, but I'm a fan of Gerolsteiner. Okay, yeah. Because of the uh, the voluminous amount of alkalizing alkalinity that it offers. Okay. It's about 1800 milligrams per liter. It has a massive amount of alkalinity and it, it is really known for alkalizing the body. Okay. It's a per, it's like taking, it's really like taking a half a teaspoon of baking soda. Okay. Interesting. Which also does a very similar job. And Gerl Steiner is, I'm a fan of Gerl Steiner. It, it, it's excellent. And then some of the waters, most of the waters you call my, uh, uh, mineral waters are best known for either alkalizing calcium, high calcium, or high magnesium mm -hmm. to compensate. Well, our culture typically doesn't need more calcium, okay? But right. we do need more magnesium. And there are some excellent magnesium waters. But what do they all lack? even though somebody says, I've got a mineral water, but nobody looks down the rabbit hole. And those mineral waters have a very narrow spectrum of the elements in them. Interesting. So you want to make your girl Steiner like a super water if you need that much alkalinity. I mean, don't drink it as your only water, yeah. by no means. But if, when I take girl Steiner, I put a ketone hypertonic in, <laughs> period. And you're bio biohacking some water. I love it. Yes, sir. That's great. No, that's uh, that's fascinating. I didn't even think about doing that. But, uh, of course, Robert Slovak would do that and add in. A no, but all of your water, those people who who love, like, Mountain Valley water and some of the special expensive waters, I don't care how expensive it is. I'm going to tell you, maybe, maybe it has 20 elements in it. And mm -hmm. I just say, hey, I don't care. Put, put one ampule in five gallons if you want. Just put the whole shebang of minerals and trace elements of the periodic table i love it how many how many vials of hypertonic or, or even isotonic are you going through a day are <laughs> you are not me yeah are you going through like six or seven no, vials no 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 not even slightly oh okay no. okay because i'm like yeah, that, could, that could add up I a little put, i put i take one separately okay mm -hmm. one hypertonic separately if I if I were to wake up which I, with the flu or something like that, which hasn't happened for forty five years, okay, <laughs> oh, nice. The I would be grabbing the isotonic immediately because okay. the isotonic accesses Jay the 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 extracellular matrix where magic occurs. Gotcha. Okay. Do, do you happen to know Dr. Michael Kessler? That name sounds incredibly okay, familiar. Okay, he's, he's a very advanced chiropractor and also. A, a, an expert in heart rate variability. Oh, then I should know him. That's my expertise. <laughs> okay, so heart rate variability. Maybe six, seven years ago, he calls me on a Sunday morning, and he goes, hi, I'm Michael, Dr. Michael Kessler. Do you know who I am? I said, I don't have a clue. <laughs> and I, I'm going like parenthetically, and why are you calling me on Sunday morning? <laughs> but anyway, exactly. And so, but anyway, he says, hey, do you know that you're ketone hypertonic? Uh, isotonic, isotonic. Do you know it is capable of shifting every and any patient that I have from sympathetic to parasympathetic in less than 10 minutes? Hmm. And I'm going, I do not know that. I want to know that. 
so Kessler, not only did he show me at the next conference, but he joined us actually uh, free of charge. He was so generous in this way. He came with, he came to our booth. He had his heart rate variability monitor, and he would just bring somebody in, see what the state they're in. If they were in sympathetic mode, he would say, can you sit down here? I'm going to give you this ampule and bingo, shift autonomic nervous system right into parasympathetic. That's incredibly interesting. I'm going to have to reach out. So you said it's Dr. Michael Kessler? My Dr. Michael. And we have videos of, of, of it actually happening yeah. on the screen. So, wow. That's really you know, cool. That's that's right up my cool. alley. So I'd love so to it, talk with him about you know, that. I tell doctors, actually, listen, if you have a waiting room, okay, that patients are waiting, and, and probably not now, it's, it's not happening. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, traditionally, in the waiting room uh, scene, I tell doctors, you should be these people are all in sympathetic okay mm-hmm. just give them and treat them to an isotonic while they're waiting there interesting also if you have if you have doctors if you have patients who who just aren't nothing's working for their sleep please give them 30 minutes before they go to bed an isotonic please right a, a doctor a doctor um Gerbutt from san diego who was at this talk this past weekend he just wrote me yesterday, like this, the longest, I think it was the longest text message I've ever received, in which he was going crazy. He said, you know what, a patient, we, I cannot, this man cannot sleep a whole night. And I, he said, I was so impressed with what I heard about Keenan, and you didn't even talk about sleep, but I gave him an isot- one isotonic, and I'm going, nah, you, know, you have to do this successive. He said, this man... Had his wife called me the next morning and said, what the heck did you give my husband? It was the first night he slept the entire night in three and a half years. Wow. That's what he wrote on his text. So anyway, wow. this, is, this is magical stuff. It really is. And, you know, I've noticed uh, over the course of the past year since I've been taking Quintone that I have felt more uh, energy, more vitality, uh, just a a better readiness. I feel like I'm recovering better. And granted, you know, my listeners know that myself and Ben Greenfield, we do a lot of stuff to optimize our health. But I would like to thank that kind of my inclusion of Quintone, uh, really kind of focusing on the quality of my water. And then also the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is hydrogen water or hydrogen infused water have been just huge on my level of both cognitive and physical optimization. So I just, I, I, I absolutely love it. So, you know, check out the waterandwellness.com website, you'll see uh, both the osteotonic and the hypertonic, as well as the quintessential hypertonic elixir there as well. And that is a must to get. And then I want to shift us now, Robert, and talk a little bit about hydrogen water, because this is something that very similar to like the, the alkaline water has been yes. booming here lately. And, yes. uh, and I feel like there's some frauds out there, so I'm okay with calling them out. <laughs> but uh, but you fine. are... You are someone who um, I do not believe is a fraud whatsoever when it comes to hydrogen water. And I'll, I'll tell everybody this, like I have tried a couple of different hydrogen generating machines. Um, what is it like the water electro electrolysis type uh, machines yes. as well. And the ones, and I've tested them too. And the ones that always test the best when I use my H2 blue, which is 
a test reactant or, or uh, uh, that you can use to look at the hydrogen quality, I'm sorry, yes. content, um, I, I always find that your active H2 ultras uh, always have the highest PPM uh, of hydrogen. And so tell us a little bit about what this thing is that is hydrogen infused water. Why would someone want to drink water that has hydrogen in it? Okay. So uh, this is like another partial blunder of my life. Okay. Because I co-developed this tab, the first tablet in 2010, and I developed it for the wrong reasons. I was simply trying to make an antioxidant water that had a negative oxidation potential that made it an uh, electron donor, which Mm -hmm. is basically the fundamental uh, offering of an antioxidant. Okay, It donates electrons to free radicals. And this was my goal. And all the while I was developing this, because it, it was, it's not easy to just deal with hydrogen, not to mention it's dangerous, okay, because right, it yes. explodes. Uh, all the while, I actually was not aware of the research that had been going on at Nagoya University in Japan, where they were going crazy over what they were discovering as the likely uh biological the the unlikely biological benefits of hydrogen because hydrogen nobody even paid attention to hydrogen for biology for the last 500 years because it's almost an inert uncooperative gas and when Mm. i say hydrogen i mean h2 the molecule this doesn't do much okay the molecule doesn't do much you have to get it in ionic states and all this other stuff but the molecule And nobody paid attention until Dr. Ota and his team at Nagoya University go, holy mackerel, this hydrogen molecule is capable of acting not just as an antioxidant, but the most unique and powerful antioxidant we've ever observed. Mm -hmm. And so I'm happy. I, I was happy to have greatly, you know, I didn't know what I had created. Okay. I didn't know that there was going to be 1,100 studies on almost every aspect of animal physiology regarding hydrogen. And it, it's, it's exploding. Yeah. This, I, mean, I mean, it's a funny word to use with hydrogen. But <laughs> right. the awareness, the discoveries, the fact that it takes, it is involved in everything from the, from, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet hydrogen has a major thing it's capable of doing including soaking your feet in this okay i went on a what would have been one of your uh kind of uh well your kind of activities i went with a very capable uh kind of navy seal like guy on an all-terrain run in a canyon Mm -hmm. in southern california okay Now, now I'm like at this time I'm 73. Okay, he's in his late 30s. Yeah, and you know, the ego gets the best of men. At times. <laughs> I can for sure. So I'm. This is all terrain all the way. But I knew the canyon better than he did. Okay, because I did my mountain bike on that. Uh, so I knew it. So he's taking off, and I'm I'm like falling behind him, and I'm not happy. And then I know there's a giant hill coming up. Mm-hmm. And this hill, I'm saying, I'm going to, I know this hill so well, all its ruts, etc. I'm going to take him on this one. And I, I took him all right. 
I gave him a show called Falling Down the Hill at Full Speed in a Tumble. Oh, okay? no. Was that, was that a hospitalization for you? That was hospitalization. Oh, that was no. a visit to the emergency room with two fractured ankles and three broken ribs. Oh, okay. Bummer. So um, I tell you, I felt good at, until the uh, until the, um, the the hormones wore off. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and when I got there and got a lecture from the doctor who was X-raying me on my age <laughs> and my activity level, after I did that, I went home with uh, you know couple of crutches and a wheelchair and i just figure well looks like i'm going to be home and doing a lot of work on the computer but i just thought you know what i never heard of this but i did know that you remember those ionic foot baths that you see in 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 uh, various medical conferences and shows you know yeah. you put oh, your yeah. feet in it very popular and they, they have an electric device in there and, and 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 some of them are bogus and some of them are real uh but the point is, I knew that from Tyler to Barron, when we were at a, uh, a conference together for autism, he was in my booth. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going, and across from us was one of these things. I'm going, Tyler, do you think this is just a big con job, these ionic foot baths? Because the women are always happy when they come off of this thing. Mm-hmm. And so we actually talked to some women. Like The first woman, like almost floored me when she said i'd give up all my supplements just to have one of those foot baths wow I'm going whoa okay i said what do you think is this what do you think he said i guarantee it's giving off a high dose of hydrogen yeah and i'm going no way i said tyler look it, it's an open plastic tray and all of this stuff and they have all these other uh, chemicals going on in there that they say are the toxins but it's bs so he said guaranteed so we get an, our hydrogen test kit we borrow a thing after after the person's used it, and bingo, there's like half a ppm of hydrogen. And it mm. doesn't take a lot of hydrogen topically. So, holy geez, I remembered that. I go home, I put like 25 tablets in a plastic tray, fill it with water, and I sit at a table with my feet in it, working on the computer. And I did this three separate times a day, and I just left my feet in I throw some tablets in once in a while. I mean, I didn't really have any rules. I was just using my intuition. And I will tell you, I also kept, I don't know how much it did, but I kept a, a hydrogen water-soaked like towel wrapped around my three broken ribs. Mm, yeah. And I will tell you, within seven days, I could walk without any help whatsoever. Within okay. 13 days, I was lightly jogging in my own little neighborhood. I, I didn't even notice my ribs, crack, my cracked ribs anymore. And I went back to the emergency room because I had an appointment two weeks. Uh, and he looks at me and he goes, I knew you were going to be trouble. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he said, look, I'm not going to be able to tell you anything. You already told me what your philosophy is of medicine. And he said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And that was it. Wow, that's insane. It's insane. So now we have a tablet. We have a tablet to soak in. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I actually used this morning. Your your what is it called? Vivid H two tablets. Um, I put in. Yeah, I normally when I uh, I don't take a lot of baths, but if I if I do, I'll do it Me after. Too. I don't. 
Yeah, yeah. I, do, I, 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 um, I will typically do it if I'm doing like a, like a bit of metabolic conditioning or like more like a CrossFit type workout and I really need to recover. Uh, then I'll actually kind of utilize uh, a bath in this. Um, I, I, won't, I don't like to blunt the hormetic effects of, of, of the stress or of the workout. So I'll wait until like the evening to, to do the bath. But I always feel so invigorated and I take it right that bath with the uh, Vivid H2 tabs. I take it right before bed and it like gets me so relaxed and so sleepy that like I have to go to sleep after this bath. Is that, is that normal? Yes, it is. Okay. I figured it was. Cause I, I, I knew like if I like Epsom salt, like has done that to me in the past, but nothing like when I put these, uh, H2 tabs in. Yeah. And make, you know, Epsom salt is magnesium sulfate and this is magnesium. I mean, chemically, this is magnesium hydroxide. Right. Right. So, yeah. it, I mean, it has each tablet, the Vivid has 240 milligrams of magnesium, and, and this is not the magnesium you're you're thinking of in a compound like magnesium carbonate or magnesium bicarbonate. This is metallomagnesium. Mm, okay. So it's the actual metallic form of magnesium that's what allows it to react with water to make hydrogen gas Mm -hmm. and basically what you're saying too is is that when you were trying to recover and when you were recovering not trying to recover and you utilize this i'm assuming that it is the immense effect on the reduction of inflammation that was causing you to result in a faster healing is that right yeah i mean hydrogen is an incredible anti-inflammatory and and it's it's you know if you were if you were to if you were to define like what are the, the the most impressive things about hydrogen i mean first the first one is simply the fact that it targets the hydroxyl and peroxynitrite radicals which are the most dangerous and 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 abundant in the body mm-hmm. and our body makes these because you use oxygen to burn food okay right and you 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 are giving off free radicals as a price that's it Yes. So you make massive amounts in the mitochondria all over the place. You're making all these free radicals, and those two are the worst. Right. And so, and cause the most damage and the most. But not all free problems. radicals are bad, right? Because that's no, one no, of the no. things that we and need I'm to. Getting to that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Go. Go for it. Because I think that gets so, so, so many questions and so much confusion those. about that. But what it doesn't do, and and other antioxidants don't come close to obliterating them at the at the veracity that hydrogen does but they but hydrogen also does something else that no other antioxidant does it turns when it scavenges those two free radicals it turns them into h2o mm-hmm. okay when other antioxidants as you know go through a whole cascade it becomes a pro-oxidant an antioxidant and it goes through this phase but this is just simple annihilate here's a little here's a few more water molecules for you and it's like what the heck? I mean, that's like a crazy antioxidant. Yeah. Then hydrogen being the smallest uh, molecule in the universe, it has access to body compartments that no other that it with with a speed that no other antioxidant come clo- come close to. Like within organ but, tissue. Uh, like within organ tissue, with intracellular, etc. I mean, listen. If hydrogen goes through a glass bottle. 
trust me, it's going everywhere in your body. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's such, it's one of those interesting elements, uh, not elements, but it's one of those interesting, yeah, I guess elements, but compounds. It's an element, yeah. Yeah, and, indeed. That, uh, that for me, it, it is, again, like helped both with recovery, but also too, uh, in, in overall cognitive functioning. What's the process going on there that's actually resulting in increased cognitive functioning? Well, I mean, you know, cognitive loss of cognitive function can involve, you know, uh, a, 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 a a loss of neurons. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, as in as in um, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, mm-hmm. and it is simply it's it's access to your cerebral space, which is unparalleled, meaning it goes everywhere, mm-hmm. can annihilate the things that are creating the loss of neurons, uh, creating, stopping the reactions that, um, that produce the plaque, the cerebral or brain uh, plaque, because those are, are just the, rea- the result of reactions of uh, oxidative stress, which is the base of all of this, is the creation of free radicals in mm-hmm. your body. Yeah. So, I mean... It, it, you know, just the, just the the oxidative stress, neuroinflammation. I, I mean, you know it all a hundred times better than I do. <laughs> but but the but the studies are insane. Yes. And what is what? And one of the mechanisms is that hydrogen promotes the promotes the production of neuroprotective ghrelin in the stomach, which then ends up in the brain and has its benefits to the brain right right indeed so uh, right now the japanese are all over the neuroprotective alzheimer's parkinson's studies that's what's going on they have like a hundred person study going on with alzheimer's another study in parkinson's so you can't go wrong with hydrogen there's not one darn contraindication to hydrogen that's, I mean, that, and again, that's another beautiful thing about hydrogen is no contraindications to it. Very similar to ketone. I know we mentioned one, but that was just one. Yeah. Um, uh, that, so you really can't go wrong with it. And I love that it is uh, really selective and it doesn't just kill off all free radicals because a lot of people, they just, you know, want to say, oh, you know, I'm going to take, a, yeah, I'm going to take a bunch of curcumin. I'm going to take a bunch of resveratrol. I'm going to take a bunch of turmeric um, so that I can, you know, kill off all these free radicals and have all these antioxidants floating around in the blood, but they don't realize that a lot of times too when they flood their bodies with all of these antioxidant properties they kill off some of the free radicals that we do need for functioning those free radicals that are useful like hydrogen peroxide and singlet oxygen and 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 and, and nitric oxide okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those act as, in a special category they act as redox signaling molecules right the signaling I'm going to make this kind of silly. The signaling signaling molecules are are, are like like uh, smoke messages, from, you know, between mm-hmm. two camps. Yeah, they let other cells in the body. They direct them as to what course of metabolic action they should take. That's mm-hmm. what signaling molecules do. And if you neutralize them with excess antioxidants, your cells are going to be a little bit uh, confused about yeah. what to do. And that's what we've learned about hydrogen. It doesn't touch 
the redox signaling molecules. Yeah, exactly. That's it's awesome. It's like too good to be true. It, it is, it is. But it's it's something too. Again, we have to produce better education on this. And I'm glad that you've come on here and you've gone on to many other podcasts to talk about this because hydrogen water is something that I think that people truly do need to know about. But also too, I feel like there are some companies out there that are duping people. And I and I say this because, and again, I, I, I'm not going to call out the company, but let's just say I've actually been sent multiple bottles, electrolysis bottles and when I've ta- and when I've tested the H2 content there was one bottle that was sent to me that it was zero I put one b- drop of the H2 blue in yes. and it went blue and I was and it stayed okay. blue um, and so I'm just curious like uh, do you buy comment. into these electrolysis bottles uh, yes and no okay first there's probably 100 different manufacturers or models of electrolysis bottles meaning the ones that you can kind of put in your knapsack small ones okay that's one one of them and to get anything really over like one and a half parts per million in that size vessel, to get anything over one and a half, you have to run it multiple times. I mean, it may take you 10 or 15 minutes. If you did that, you probably can go up to two and a half parts per million. Okay. Right. Two and, is two and a half parts per million useful? Any amount of hydrogen is useful. I okay. will tell you that. But a tablet like you're using uh, active H2 Ultra, it's between eight and 10 parts per million. Mm-hmm. And and it makes it in one minute. Yes. Yes. And so that's actually what, I, what I've what i been getting. I've been getting 10 every single time. I've never gotten as low as eight. I get 10 every single time I've yeah. tested. Now, granted, I haven't tested that much, well, but I've tried it out. Perfect. And the test isn't, I always tell people, listen, that test isn't the most fun. Test. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sit there, drop and you know, spin a little thing around. Yeah. I feel, I feel exactly. like a, I feel like a back in the old, old research and, scientist days doing that though. So it feels fun. And, and <laughs> even the stirring of it to, to mix it, it, it releases hydrogen. So you don't right. even really measure all of it. You know? Yes, indeed. And so is that when you were creating kind of these tablets, was that yeah. eight to ten parts per million kind of what your aim was? Were you looking to say I want to get it at no. that that high? Or? No, no, no. Because and here's the interesting thing: virtually all of the studies, probably the bulk of the studies, there were no tablets when the studies were made. Mm-hmm. People didn't even use electrolysis when the tablets were made. They just used tanks of gas of hydrogen gas, and 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 they infused it into water in in a bottle or glass. But when you do that, unless you want to make it complicated and infuse it under a lot of pressure, all you can get is the atmospheric solubility of, of, of hydrogen, which is 1.6 parts per million. Oh, yeah. So, so all the low. tests were done with 1.6 parts per million. And the tests, the studies are mind-blowing. Right. Yeah. And so is there a diminishing return um, on the amount? So like what I'm asking is if you do have something as high as eight to 10 parts per million, are you going to get a much more increased effect or exaggerated effect than compared to, you know, the one point, whatever you said, uh, parts per million? I believe the expert Tyler DeBaron will tell you absolutely without question. Interesting. Okay. Studies really need to be redone yeah yeah with this i mean real studies not just testimonials but real studies need to be redone with this for instance we've had incredible results with this level of hydrogen for metabolic syndrome okay Mm -hmm. i mean like you know half the population has metabolic syndrome yeah and i couldn't think of an easier way to address it than hydrogen. But I don't think we would have achieved it 
if we only had one and a half or one, 1. 1.5 parts per million, like the atmospheric saturation, mm-hmm. we have to have a super saturated solution. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that- you know, some of the mysteries, here's some enigmas, some of the enigmas, and this is important for you because you're a, a you know, nervous system, neurological interested doctor mm-hmm. is that. No one can, the the, the scientists do not fully understand why water, hydrogen-infused water, seems to do so good compared to inhaled hydrogen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay? This remains a mystery. And in fact, many of the studies, it does better. Even with special commercial hydrogen generators. Interesting. more, More than you could have at home. So this is not fully understood. But right. the thing that really blows everybody's mind, and I don't know if you've heard this before, but the bodies, if you have a proper microbiome, the body makes at least five to six, perhaps more, liters of hydrogen in the gut. And they can't understand, if you're making this much hydrogen, we really don't understand what the body's unique use for this hydrogen is, because it's not doing anything for the person's health condition which we solve with a tablet of hydrogen yeah. water okay that's that's another enigma that is that's super interesting i mean with with kind of the interest of hydrogen right now you can only imagine that research will figure it out at some point i mean Absolutely. researchers are going to figure it out and i'm excited to hear about it um to to kind of know what is what's the difference between taking this kind of exogenous uh you know elements and then utilizing it that way than having it kind of occur endogenously like what's what's kind of the the catalyst what's the what's kind of the change agent so i'll be very interested to see kind of when they come out with that research and you know i know that we're getting a little bit long in the tooth here robert so let me kind of say (laughs) let me let me let me kind of uh, do one thing um to kind of wrap us up on hydrogen even though i feel like we could uh, seriously go for six hours on hydrogen is let's talk about practicality so if somebody was going to buy them a bottle of active h2 ultra when would they take it how often do they time it with food um well what's your recommendation because i know that you take do you take like four tablets a day two in the morning two in the no i don't oh okay I i take two tablets a day but if anything is demanding for me then mm-hmm. i take three tablets a day okay gotcha okay so what does the timing look like and, and how often and and remember the new tablet for those of you who are out there maybe have used tablets for because you know they've been out for 10 years now mm-hmm. my tablets yeah. and the first ones the first ones disintegrated in the bottle within six months so <laughs> that's but the new tablet is truly phenomenal because the even just the prior generation of tablets you had to make in a bottle to oh, yeah. to force the hydrogen into solution oh, okay? okay you had to put the tablet in a full bottle no airspace make it and the bottle would get hard with hydrogen gas and you'd have to wait four minutes and all this stuff. now you just throw it in a glass of water you know 10 to 12 ounces i recommend mm-hmm. so you don't have to drink so much you're always getting the same amount of hydrogen no matter what water how much water you use okay Okay. that's actually good to know yeah very good to know so you like you know some people just don't like drinking water so why make it in you know a lot of people got used to putting it in 16 ounces of water but you need to drink it fast to get that hydrogen that's escaping Mm -hmm. so just make it i make mine in 10 i did boom 10 drink it down in one second and 
and I'm off. So yeah. you have to drink it within a, just a, a few minutes is the best. Sure. Could you could you just chew the tablet up or not, not work? Uh, I'm going to tell you about that, but I do want to tell you no bottle is needed. You can throw it. And if you just, if you know what, if you want to have more fun, you you can throw it in a, a glass of iced tea. It doesn't matter. It'll oh, hydrogenate cool. it. Okay. Cool. So that here's why not to chew the tablet, okay? The reason why is because the reaction with water is exothermic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and and if you were to do this and a child got it caught in their throat, it would literally, has the capacity maybe to burn their throat yeah. or be very oh, uncomfortable. Bummer. Always put it in water. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Awesome. All right. So I know, again, we could have gone, we could go on for, for days on this. So I would love to talk more. I'll, we'll have to bring you back on to talk more about hydrogen. Uh, the last thing that I said, that was last thing, but I keep thinking of new things. I was just going to ask you, I know that you guys are coming out with a new product, which is Active H2 plus Chroma Max or Cro- yeah, yeah. Is it Cro- Chromax. 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 Yeah. Um, which is uh, what? Chromium? Is that what you added in? It's, yeah, it's chromium picolinate. It's the most studied form of chromium. I okay. mean, there aren't many, but it's the most studied form. And Chromax, is, which is a an actual trademark brand, is from a company that's done hundreds of uh, research things on the metabolic effects of chromium is endless. Yeah. So we just thought, hey, we did so good in the we did so good in the metabolic syndrome test just with just with hydrogen. What if it's we have a little more serious state of health regarding metabolic condition? Mm-hmm. Why don't we do it with the Chromax and restudy it? And that is a winner and i i i i I can't even talk about uh for fear of reprisal i can't even talk about what we believe it's capable of oh interesting man now you've got me like salivating wanting to say okay let's let's end the call so you can tell me (laughs) if we can we can discuss privately i can do it because you know jay jay you know, and it's a serious issue. I'd love to do a show on. We are under fire. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware that the FDA and the and the CDC have almost obliterated any mention of the use of silver for anything. Yes, yeah, they have. I mean, they are decimated. They've written letters to all the silver companies, and they said, "You don't. We don't want to hear it." They've removed all the silver studies from PubMed. They do not want people to know what silver can do. I mean, we're under yeah. attack. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's a, it's a scary place to be when we feel like we can't have access to this valuable information. Um, and so, uh, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a, a, a topic for a different day. Uh, and I'd love to jump into it. But there is one more topic that I want to talk about. So we didn't Go get ahead. to deuterium-depleted water. And so what we'll do is I'm just going to table that one so that we can okay. save it for another time. But what are things that I, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about something that was um, of, of, of kind of a predominant um, issue and concern of yours, one that you're really passionate about and you've devoted a lot of your time, which is talking about and discussing the serious threat of EMF. So we're talking about 3G, 4G, 5G, and EMR um, to kind of overall human health. And so I'm wondering kind of what have you been doing in this area and, and why is this of such kind of vast importance to you right now? Okay. It's, it's important because I do not know a threat that combines its prevalence and its destructive capabilities on human physiology. Mm-hmm. There is nothing for me. I mean, you know, look, I'm anti-vaccine and all that stuff, but nothing, nothing. This is like 
This is like removing smoking from a population that is totally addicted. Okay, mm. and 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 you know, we are we are way more addicted to our phones than we are that than smokers ever have been addicted. Yeah, agreed. And I can give a talk, an impassioned talk with every scientific evidence that is startling. And I will begin with the fact EMF or EMR, electromagnetic field or electromagnetic radiation, this scrambles the water in our cells. Mm-hmm. These waves, which are which were uh, invented is not the right word, but they are they are called Hertzian. You know, the word used to describe the frequency of something is mm-hmm. 60 hertz. Yes. But it was named after Heinrich Hertz in the late 1800s. And I think everybody was jazzed. Are you kidding? Wireless communication? I mean, that was enough to get turned on, right? Right. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the, this guy who spent all his life in a laboratory with his Hertzian waves he didn't make it to 36 years old. Okay. Mm, yeah. And, 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 and that, there's no question. And then along came Tesla and, um, you know, sometime when we're together, I'm going to show you my Tesla papers. Tesla said, there's something about Hertzian waves that is incompatible with life. Mm. He said this in 1908 and, 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 and holy geez, we never really listened to it. I'm not sure how to interpret it. I, I, you know, I kind of, one side of me says, this is intentional. That They're just trying to degrade humanity every way they can. And Hertzian waves is a brilliant way to do it. Because after I talk to a group of people and, and present them stuff and show them pictures of 16-year-old girls with their face missing from cancer caused by uh, talking to their boyfriend when they're sleeping kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, I've seen it all. People will just get right on that cell phone as if they'd never heard me, and mm. and I realize it's like people sm- sneaking out and 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 having a cigarette. So I, that's why it's so serious. We listen. I will probably never say this about anything else. We must stop EMF radiation in the way it's being delivered, and we use the term five G is just the m- most insidious form of electromagnetic radiation Mm -hmm. but 3g and 4g do the job just take longer yeah 5g is going to be an antenna that will look for you and find you and beam directly for you the highest energy perhaps a hundred to one thousand times what the previous generation of emf which is 4g is and it's going to have antennas that are as close to us as 100 feet Okay, right. not three miles like your current uh, f- three, three and four G antenna, but it's close to one hundred feet. And, and the way that the telecommunication uh, laws are kind of in place is that they can put these essentially wherever they want. Um, so well, we we have no no ability to regulate that unless we start a mass activism and protest. And there is, and there is, and I'm part of it, and mm-hmm. and and I join in with. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is just doing a valiant job in 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 bringing attention to not only vaccine with vaccines, which he, which he has done traditionally, but to 5G, and he has a lawsuit right now with the FTC that I think is going to have teeth, 
And what I also believe, what I also believe, and this is uh, uh, this is very high science. I believe that one can have a whole new communication system based around scalar waves. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you, I, I think you've probably heard of scalar waves. Yeah, I did a podcast with a guy from uh, Brandon Amalani, who's uh, over uh, Blue Shield technology. And so we okay, talked so all about knows. scalar. So I'll link to that into the podcast. Good. And, and I think that scalar waves, and not think, I know, because scalar, the master of scalar waves was Tesla. Mm-hmm. And he already had scalar wave communication and transmission of information. And I know it can be, and scalar waves, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, Constantine Meyl, one of the more brilliant quantum physicists in Germany, determined that your DNA double helix communicates to other cells via scalar waves. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So th- this, it's, it's a, bo- scalar is, it is, scalar permeates the entire universe. It's something it's very hard to get our hands around. But scalar waves is the, the uh, language of biology as well. Mm-hmm. And you know how important they're discovering, for instance, biophotons. There is so much. You're so lit up inside. We are as, mm-hmm. as beings, as living things. We are totally live, lit up inside with cells beaming photons to other cells. That's how they communicate. Right. So, and and this done this work, which was done by like Fritz Albert Pop and these these great geniuses from Europe over the last fifty years. I mean, this is really growing, and they realize how cells are getting denatured by ruining the structure of the water inside the cells. Hmm. Yes. Oh, goodness. There's so much that we could unpack on this, but I think that the take-home point here is that we cannot, yeah, we cannot turn a blind eye to this. Uh, This is something that could wreak havoc and will wreak havoc on human health unless we do something about it. And so I appreciate you kind of talking about your level of activism there and kind of your passionate pursuits on really helping to provide better education and really cause reform because it's going to be an uphill battle. There's no doubt about it. I mean, again, we're talking trillions of dollars here so we're not talking yeah we're talking trillions of dollars so this is going to be an uphill battle however uh, i just don't want it to be too late this is going to be uh, like this is going to be glyphosate monsanto on steroids you got that right that's a really great way to put it Uh, that is that is about as accurate as it gets so no i appreciate you um you know bringing light to that and talking about chicana your passion in that area and so, you know, uh, Robert, we have covered a lot of stuff, and it has been nothing short of a pleasure of having you on today. And I continue, Thank you. yeah, and then, you know, I just continue to learn so much from you, and I, I look forward to getting this one out there to everybody. And so, if you're listening, please feel free to kind of link us in on the show notes, share this one with friends. Like, we need you to really kind of uh, uh, make some changes uh, because we all need to make changes in this area when it comes to water and wellness, and then when it also comes to EMF, even though we t- only hit on that for a few minutes. It's well worth mentioning. So I was, uh, it was just a really, really great podcast to have you on. And uh, so, yeah, appreciate it, Robert. Thank you, Jay. I really enjoyed it myself. Thanks for listening to the Hanu Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. 
This podcast would not happen without listeners and supporters like you. And the best way to support us and the show is to head on over to iTunes and provide us with a five-star review. This helps us reach others and spread the good word of breathing and stress resiliency. If we read your five-star review on air, please reach out to podcast at hanuhealth.com with your name and mailing address, and we will send you some sweet Hanu gear. Until next time, breathe better and stress less.